Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stop Lying, an honest conversation. I'm your host, the polar bear in the desert. Now, I purposely waited to do this podcast so that the after effects of last week's controversial game had time to ease up. The hangover is over, getting ready for Minnesota, moving forward with the season. And having talked to some of you guys, I've discovered two things. First, you are 100% completely comfortable with the product that is on the field. That's first. You guys defend that product. It's, it's, it, it was good and they played good enough to win. We got cheated out of that game. We should have won that game. The referee stole that game. So that's, that's the first thing that I took away. You're happy with the product. The second thing that I took away is the fact that you're happy with this product. You think if they play this way for the rest of the season, if they play the way they played Monday night, you feel confident that they will win games. You feel confident that what they did Monday night is enough to challenge for the division, go into the playoffs, and have success. And so, in my mind, I have one question. Is good enough good enough? And I'm not trying to be funny, but when I survey the NFL landscape and I look at the teams that are, air quotes, successful, and I look at those teams, and I'm not talking about the elite level high-octane teams. I'm not talking about Kansas City, and I'm not talking about New England. I'm talking about teams that are experiencing some success, clearly trending in that direction. I'm talking about teams like the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore's playing some good football, and their record shows it. They're 4-2. Yes, The division is not as tough as it has been in recent years, but just like you guys told me, you play the schedule. Baltimore has a winning record at home, and they have a winning record on the road. Interestingly, they also have a winning record in the division. So that is a team that is trending in the direction that you claim to be trending in. Have the numbers to back it up. And yet here we are with the Lions at two, two and one, which is not a bad place to be. But at the end of the day, every team needs an identity. They need something to hang their hat on. They need something to, when things get tight, they need something that they can go to. What is yours? What is your team identity? 
I don't know. I think back to something that I heard Bobby Bowden say in an interview. He said that football is really simple when you boil it down. You take your strong point, you line that up on your opponent's weak point, and then you push. So, for a team like, I don't know, Cincinnati, that's difficult. Because what does Cincinnati do well? You can't identify it. For a team like the Washington Redskins, who were a contender before Alex Smith got hurt last year. And then they're in the quarterback carousel, which is what you're desperately trying to avoid by holding on to Matt Stafford. So I get that. But right now, Washington is... They don't, they don't have an identity. They don't have a strong point. And I would argue that you don't have an identity either. Now, there was a plan, which is more than we could say for previous Lions regimes. Coming into this season, there was a definite plan. The plan was, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to stop the run. In theory, the team was constructed to do that. You added a tight end who is known for blocking to an offensive line that was touted to be great. You also have a running back that you told me could be a feature back in this league. Well, here we are going into week six, week seven, excuse me. And right now your defense is giving up 133 rushing yards per game. 27th in the league. Nowhere near the top. These stats are coming from NFL.com. So, fact check me all you want. You're also giving up 5.1 yards a carry. 30th in the league. The only two teams worse than you are Cincinnati and Jacksonville. So if we if we linger on this point, you cannot stop the run. It's kind of not what you do. You're a heavy bat, right? You're a catcher's mitt. If they line up and they decide that they're going to run on you, they could get a first down every two plays if all they did was run the ball. Now, nah, most teams aren't built like that, so it's not a concern. But when you come up against a team that does that and does that well, like this Minnesota team you're about to face this week, it could get ugly, y'all. It could get ugly really quickly. And this 5.1 could turn into 5.8, 5.9. If Dalvin Cook is allowed to remain a factor, So what that means is that you got to get up on this Vikings team so that they are forced to abandon the run to keep up with you. And with Matthew Stafford and his golden arm, hey, wasn't that a kung fu movie? 
years ago, the kid with the golden arm. Well, 11 years in the league. He ain't no kid. And aside from a whole lot of yardage, arm ain't all that golden. But let me get back on topic. We're still trying to identify what you do well. I was told this rushing game was going to carry us. We're going to take it out of Matthew Stafford's hands. And we saw that a little bit. We saw that with the, the flea flicker and the play action. It's almost like they're taking a page out of Atlanta's book from when Matt Ryan was so successful. The problem is that if your running back is ineffective, eventually people will stop biting on your play action because, you know, there's no need. We know we can stop them. The front four linebackers, no need to crash the safety now. Right now, this Lions team is averaging 107.6 yards per game rushing, which is not bad. You're 16th in the league. Middle of the pack. Hmm. You're averaging 3.8 yards, uh, yards per carry. 22nd in the league. Middle of the pack. Leading the pack in the third tier, 3.8. That's not something that I could tout that we're going to hang our hat on. Again, I'm just basing this off of the the exact numbers. This This is what you are. It's okay to be mediocre if you know, hey, I got to get better. But you told me this is enough to win. This is enough to be successful. And I would disagree with that. That's all. As of this recording, your team, after five games, has two rushing touchdowns. Two. So, at the end of the season... You're on pace to have six. Yeah. Six rushing touchdowns. Ooh, we're really terrorizing the league with this running game. The only teams that have two rushing touchdowns, Jacksonville and Miami. Those are your peers. That's That's your peer group. Two teams that are decidedly not very successful. Jacksonville is two and four. Not giving anybody fits. Nobody's nervous about the Jacksonville offense. But they're dealing with quarterback issues. They had their high-profile quarterback go down. And Minshew is playing pretty good. He is. Miami, it's, it's, it's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire during a riot. No fire department in sight. Nobody sees this getting fixed anytime soon. And these are your peers. 
in this particular category that is supposed to be a strength. Again, I don't have a problem with a team having back-of-the-pack stats. The problem becomes when there is no injury, you are relatively healthy compared to other teams in the league, and you are at the back of the pack when this is supposed to be. It's like when Superman rips his shirt open. Yours is supposed to say running game, right? Well, this is bizarro world because your strength that you have touted, that you continue to tout, is not a strength. I had a conversation with one of you guys, and I pointed out, hey, dude, carry on, 3.3 yards of carry. You're like, yeah, but get a guy a break. He just ran for 125 yards two games, two weeks ago. And it's like, yeah. But when that's his only successful outing, like that game, that 125 against Kansas City, who was the worst rushing defense in the league, was the only time he got 50 yards in a game this season. That's it. His yards per carry, when you itemize everything out, 3.1 against Arizona, 3.4 against the Chargers, 1.8 against the Eagles, 2.6 against the Packers. This is supposed to be a strength. You have told me this is good enough for you to compete for the division and push into the playoffs. This is what you told me. Now, last week, oh, the refs stole that game from us. Oh my goodness, it was horrible. Well, so I did a little research. And you have been penalized 42 times this year. 42 times. And there are other teams that have been penalized just as much as you. So it's not a situation where, oh my goodness, the league is out to get us. It's not a situation where you are just being picked on and harassed and harangued more than any other team in the league. You have peers. And so when we look at the peer group, 42 total penalties. Buffalo, the Jets, and the Eagles are all right there with you. There are teams that have fewer penalties. There are teams that have more penalties. But again, you're right in the middle of the pack. Right in the middle of the pack. So we we cannot lean on that. Saying, oh, well, if the refs treated us better, you know, you're, you're right there in the thick of it. Got 10 sacks on the year. So this, this defense, and I, I have to be honest, I don't know if you're blitzing quite a bit. I know you're 25th in the league in sacks. So if you're not blitzing, you probably should. Especially when you told me that secondary, ooh baby, is something to be feared. I'm not seeing it. Especially 
when you think about the fact that this season you have two interceptions. Just two. Now this this fearsome pass rush that is supposed to harass quarterbacks into making mistakes thereby making it easier for your secondary to just hang out in center field. I I admit, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. But you told me this product is good enough. And I have to trust you on that. After all, I don't know anything about this team. <laughs> Remember that. I don't I don't have a clue as it relates to this team. So oh, I stand corrected. You got three interceptions. My bad. Let's talk about Matt Stafford. Oh, Matt Stafford is elite. Oh, Matt Stafford is this. Matt Stafford is that. We, we've had the conversations. You know where I stand. He's 12th in the league in quarterback rating. Middle of the pack. Or is he at the end of the first third of the league? I'd say middle of the pack. You know, you have your... Your, your tier one elite quarterbacks, a couple of whom are hurt right now. Then you have a group of solid quarterback leaders, guys who have done amazing things. And then you have the herd. And then toward the back of the herd, that's where the, the scrubs are. He's not a scrub. But he also doesn't belong at the opposite end of the spectrum. He's 12th. He's behind Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, and Mason Rudolph. And look, Mason Rudolph has, they got training wheels on for him. So he's doing most of that throwing to running backs. I understand that. But he's 12th. Now, you would have me believe he's a top five quarterback. You have told me on multiple occasions that he is as good, if not better than Russell Wilson. The numbers say different. Got nine touchdowns. And his peers in that nine touchdown herd are Kirk Cousins, who you say is garbage. Case Keenum, who we know is a good piece of mediocrity. Gardner Minshew. Right? A a phenom out of nowhere. Thrust into the limelight due to an injury. And Phillip Rivers, who is a part of a quarterback big three. One guy is hurt, maybe for his career, in Ben Roethlisberger. Eli Manning is benched. And then there's Phillip Rivers. So... Nine touchdowns is respectable. It is. It's respectable. And if you forecast this over, again, an entire season, you're looking at 27 touchdowns. 
which is respectable, but far from outstanding, far from the the tier one output that I would expect from a franchise quarterback that you claim Matt Stafford is. And and so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up with this because I think we know what you are. You are a middle-of-the-pack team that has aspirations to be better. You're toward the back of that middle-of-the-pack. But, hmm, you learn how to stop the run a little bit, maybe get on Johnson a running scheme, because I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, the, the offensive line, I don't know if he's not that good. I don't know if you're running through a field full of tree stumps and you just can't get. I don't know what it is. But I know what you sold me is not what's in the box. Tony Dungy. Years ago, I read his book. And he talked about how he likes to break the season up into four individual chunks. And the goal is to win all four chunks. You don't want to have a losing record in any of the chunks. And if you can go three and one in a couple of the chunks, and two and two in one of the chunks, you put yourself in a pretty good position to have a successful season. Well, the first chunk for you, two, one, and one. We're going to count that as a success, even though it should have been three and one. I'll admit it. But you can't because this product is good enough. Starting this second chunk, you're 0-1. And Minnesota might be clicking. See, Minnesota is what you are. They are, relatively speaking, a healthy team built around running the ball with a passing game to complement that and punish teams when they bite. And they also have a very formidable defense. I sincerely hope that what you claim to be is what you are against this Minnesota team. Because if it's not, it's going to get ugly, y'all. Thanks for taking 23 minutes out of your day to listen to me. I am the polar bear in the desert. See you next week.